Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you, as always, by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. I am Eddie Provident, filling in for DK as he travels Europe, uh, in particular Serbia. With me is my main man, Ramon Foster. Ramon, how's it going, buddy? Man, Happy I'm Monday. Good. Happy Monday, man. It's, you know what? Start of a great week. Let's continue with Let, that way. It, and man. yes, we'll say this off top. Eddie's in for the week. I'm in so for the week. You got to deal with me. Deal with it in the comments section. He's not a substitute <laughs> teacher, okay? You oh, treat him man. with respect. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Moan, it is the the first week of official football season. We had yeah. real football on Thursday. Uh, it was the Jaguars and the Ra- Raiders, if you want to call that real football. <laughs> you <laughs> but, would call uh, it something. <laughs> we'll call it something. But uh, the Steelers play on Saturday, the first official game of the preseason, Saturday yeah. versus the Seahawks. My question for you, and it, you know, I really wanted to ask you this all week, uh, all weekend. I was excited about this. What is that first week of preparation like? What's it like for the rookies? What's it like for the vets? Like, how did like how does that go for you guys? Well, the first thing you do is you check the schedule and see if it's a home or an away game, because if it's an away game, you have the opportunity to basically get like an early break. okay? and for those guys, they'll be practicing all the way up to game day. It is a home game against the Seahawks, man. But that week is a little bit of a uh, not necessarily a scale back, but a little bit of a okay. we got to start breaking down who the team is going to be. And then you start to realize this, too, because the coaches ended up introducing you to stuff like game plans of the teams you're going to go against. You can start telling what sets you're going to be getting into throughout that game weekend to start focusing on, honestly, your bread and butter of what the season is going to look like, too. So that in itself is a, is a little bit change of pace. You're still going to do the team building stuff as far as like iron sharpens iron with, um, let's just say in general, like O-line versus D-line. Backs on backers, although you start to scale back a little bit, start pushing the young guys to the forefront to, to see who's going to position themselves for a starting. I mean, for a roster spot, honestly. Um, but but as the week goes on, you start to taper off a little bit with practice, with reps for the guys who are going to end up playing a whole lot. And you just continue that cycle of really treating it like a game week. Um, the night before, usually you either got to travel or the night before the game at home. You'll have the ability to get a simple. I'm talking about the most simple game plan for your opponent. If available, you'll have the opportunity to watch some film on the team playing the Seahawks. You'll look at what their defensive scheme looks like. You'll look at some guys that are still there. But you know, like I know, this first game will be a maybe some vets, but then it, it'll end up being mostly young guys that you've never seen before mm. on a new team. So it's really a dice shoot when it comes down to um, what you're actually going to go against, which is Mm -hmm. why it's better to have a bunch of young guys playing that game, too. So how's it how's it differ from, you know, like, okay so so a guy like George Pickens or a guy like Penny Pickett, they're they're pretty much guaranteed a roster spot that nothing that they're going to do is going to to mess them up versus a guy like uh, Jalen Warren or, you know, one of the later round picks. Like, how, how does it, you know, that preparation during the week, how does it differ? Because you were that undrafted guy that had yeah. a chip on the shoulder that had something to prove. Um, you know, what's the difference there for those guys? I think, honestly, Eddie, no, I know everybody's in the same boat. Like, you know, you're going to make the team 
Um, and you know that you got to be able to make plays during the game. For a guy mm-hmm. like George, his mindset is, I'm trying to position myself during the season. You know, I'm sure somebody's talked to him like, look, these preseason games aren't is an audition for you. You have to be on top of your games. Balls coming your way, get them. A guy like him, he'll probably come out a little bit earlier than most, you know, than somebody that's a little bit down the line as far as the receiving room goes. He may do a quarter, quarter and a half, maybe an entire half, and then you got to say, okay, we've seen enough of this guy. We can watch what he does, and we'll sit him. For the guys that are a little bit down the line as far as the depth chart go, they want to play the entire game. They want to show something on special teams. We've talked about this time and time again as far as what is the importance of your role on a team. It's five Mm -hmm. receivers, but it's usually three that are your primary players. And because of that, everybody else has to find a niche somewhere else, whether that's being a gunner, whether that's being on on kick return, punt return, punt block. You got to find a role, and that's what those guys – life is like – for the undrafted, the later round guys, or the new free agents. Find your value somewhere in the game, and that's the beauty of having the preseason games. I was a fan, honestly, of the four, just simply Mm -hmm. because those young guys get a a bigger audition. Exactly, man, and that was kind of taken away, so the team, for the most part, is kind of set, and you really better be dynamic to show your talents with those three games. I, I'm interested to be. You know, I'm, I'm going up to Latrobe later today. Uh, yeah, and and I'm I'm really excited to see uh, Mike Tomlin and and yeah. how he interacts with these players because it was hard to see that at Heinz Field last year. How was he with you guys, especially your younger years? How was he? You know, leading up to these preseason games, he he always talks about leaning into being uncomfortable, yeah. that kind of stuff. Did he do anything to 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 make you guys more uncomfortable during this week, or did he really just focus on more of the game? You know, the game prep and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, man, he's never really played that role as far as. Let me put him in a bad situation because okay. he's a guy that came from what is it, William and Mary. Yeah. You know, yeah. there wasn't many eyes on those those type of schools in the early 90s and 80s and stuff like that. Just simply because technology didn't allow it. When it comes down to ball, he's, he gives you that opportunity to kind of still, OK, Monday through Wednesday, they'll practice for themselves. And, you know, later on in the week, they'll start to scale in. To, how do we make you successful? Because if you are that special player that I can get for the lower half of the of the roster, then let me find out. So mm-hmm. he prep guys and let guys know more than anything the importance of what this week means. He's probably going to show clips of certain players that's come by year after year. That's, this is what he did in preseason. This is how he did it. This is what you need to do. Like, that's him because he appreciates, under, honestly, a little bit of the underdog. And, yeah. like, he enjoys – you ever been around somebody that's like – Man, I enjoy watching this sport come together. Like me personally, I've become a bigger baseball fan. And as a youth, when I didn't understand it or appreciate it, I was like, nobody wants to watch boring baseball. But then I see the strategy. Then I see a guy's failure, you know, continue to get him. And then he finds a little bit of an edge somewhere to get a hit in or a pitcher that's having a real good game. Like, And that's him when building a team. He has a real interest in that and for the guys that are involved in the process. You'll hear him kind of allude to that. And that's what like St. Vincent is for him as you, you know, you ask him, what is he like during this week? Like you'll see him lean in, as you just said, to the fact that this is your first audition. The eye in the sky, you know, the old saying, it does not lie. (laughs) And, And he is a factor. And this is the other part, too, Eddie. Like some people just don't practice well, you know, like mm. they just do good and, and they get just by. And and but soon as those lights come on, 
soon as you under, you know, own the big field and you got your jersey on, like some people have that switch. And and he is a, a student of finding those type of guys too. So no, he it, it's really a good process. Like I'm thinking about it now, just watching guys yeah. have no clue, honestly, that are the lower half of the roster, like they're clueless. But like guys that's been around and watched it was like he at least is going to make a practice spot just because you know what his process has been like. Yeah, and and I think there's a lot of players on this roster that have a lot to prove. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of those players that got something to prove and how they're going to prove it. Uh, I want to talk about your position, the O-line, man. Uh, So let's stick around. Uh, We'll be right back after a brief break. This is the Ramon Foster Show on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Eddie Provident. That's Ramon. Ramon, we talked about people on this roster that need to uh, prove something. Yeah. Now, uh, I talked to an ex-offensive lineman while I was up at Latrobe. I got a chance to have a conversation with this guy. Yeah. Uh, he really, really liked Kendrick Green a lot. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he liked Kendrick Green is because he said Kendrick Green's a finisher. And he wow. said this team is lacking finishers outside of Kendrick Green. Your offensive line, your yeah. days, you had three, four, five finishers on that, on that line. Pride in it. Yeah, yeah. you took pride. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, this is a two-part question. One, what does it take to build that mentality to be a finisher yeah. on the offensive line? And then number two, do you think it's possible that anybody on this offensive line other than Kendrick Green can build that and become that for this team? Man, that that is an interesting question. And honestly, I think it's a matter of difference of eras a little bit, too. Like, we all came from a grimy run type of offense Mm. in college, too. Like, think about Pounce's run. Think about what we did at Tennessee. Dave was known for pulling. And and honestly, Al just better know that that's what we were going to do. He didn't have a choice but to do what we were going to do. Six foot, what? Six foot eight Army Ranger. I'm not messing with you. Six foot ten Army Ranger. I'm not messing with him. Come on, man. Like, (laughs) But but that was our mentality, too. And I'll say this. I think this line will grow into that. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be, a, you know, just this is their identity. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that, too, in a second. But you got to think this is free agents. This is a couple homegrown guys. This is a very young guy at left tackle. Like, they're probably trying to figure out what they're going to be. And that's why I said for them, like, there can't be many off days for this, this group of dudes. Just simply because they got to mesh. They got to gel. They got to come together a little bit. Kendrick, Kendrick Green being a kid right now that's finishing. Well, I'll say this, too. Look at this size he has to you mm. know he's one on a smaller end and he's probably been fighting his entire career as far as trying to make sure that he held his own and not get pushed back and and really show his worth if we're just being honest about this um he's had to do this um and, and this is the other side of that question about finishing is offenses have have kind of changed a lot as far as the run game goes like running is is honestly just a compliment when it used to be the focal point even on the college level yeah. the way nobody really gets down in a, in a three-point stance the way you look at the way the air raids and the way teams spin the ball across the field like the the nasty side of it has kind of been pushed over to how good can you pass block you know as it is i was talking to somebody That's a really recently good point. about like the combine conversations, like some of these guys get drafted and have never actually went into a three-point stance, even in the run game. And, really and I know man. you you kind of see that too. So it's a matter of us honestly may have to watch a little bit of a a, a, a revolution a little or even evolution a little bit with how the game has kind of 
move past some of the, the nastiness. So, but I'll say this. Go ahead. They play ball in the AFC North. Yeah. If they don't learn and camp, they're going to learn do, during the season where they get embarrassed, where they can't get first downs, and coach is going to have to tell them, look, we got to get a little bit nastier. And Hey, hopefully it happens sooner than later. So how like how does that make you feel? Like like what you just talked about the the lack of that the lack of the three point yeah. stance the more of the air raid type ball uh, more pass blocking, um, I mean like like we said you guys yeah. took pride in in that in that yeah. side of things like it's just how, been so a little nasty how does that make you feel man like seeing the game change that way I think they'll be fine they got to learn each other a little bit more like there's a lot of communication going on right now in camp about what they can and should be doing hey man mm. what do I need of you like pounce in mind tell them on clean them up. And I would tell Pounce, Pounce, I'm going to hold him. I got him right here. Clean him up like now. <laughs> like We used to go looking for bodies, but it, it I, I don't feel much about it. I'm indifferent about it simply mm. because I need to see what this offense rhythm is going to look like, too. You know, like we yeah. were adamant about running the ball with our OCs. We were adamant about setting a tone. And I know Najee kind of does it a little bit himself. But this is going to be a a trial by fire, I think, when it comes down to, you know, who's going to call on the next person to, you know, kind of get it together. All it takes is one punch in the mouth. And, you know, you know, Pittsburgh the same way I know it. You know, this fan base the same way I know Mm. it. If they're not if they're not a gritty group, they're going to hear about it. And they're either going to be embarrassed and step up or it'll be the next guy. You know, I'm interested to see what happens this year specifically because of who they brought in. Mason Mason Cole seems to me to be that grittier guy. Uh, James Daniels doesn't come across that way. But when you get him on the field, I mean, I I watched him. I I watched him in camp the other day. Yeah. Um, You know, he they were pass blocking. And, you know, that that move that Reggie White used to do with the one arm. Yeah. I watched James Daniels do it to one of the one of the defensive linemen, man. And and he just I mean, he he manhandled the dude. So I'm excited to see if if those two new guys bring that little bit of infusion of nastiness. And that's the part that I was making too, like the the new young, the new guys, you know, Mm. the free agents, like they're probably finding their way. And this is (laughs) is the era in which neither one of us have actually dealt with with this many free agents and young guys on the offensive line. So um, give it give it time. And if it's a little bit concerning during the season, then we will have to talk about this again, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, I kind of hope that they use Najee the right way and and make that go back to that run identity, because if this team is going to be good and and you've talked about it, DK's talked about it, Dale's talked about it in his columns, if they're going to be good, it's it's going to be because they they make Najee the focal point of the offense. Yep, And then they're going to have to bring that grit. They just got to grow up quicker. We see it. You know, we're calling it out. Mm. And if we see it, you know the coaches are seeing it. You know everyone else is seeing yes. it. So Yes, indeed. Well, let's take one more break. And as DK would say, we'll get to the only segment that matters. <laughs> hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It is the only segment that matters, as my man DK would say, uh, the Hey Moan segment. And we've got one from Steel Slim. I don't have a real name on this guy. He's in the YouTube (laughs) section, uh, the comment section, but that's cool. And he says, Hey Moan, uh, do you think 
Deontay getting a contract extension is going to have any effect on what happens to Chase Claypool, especially if these two rookies talking about Calvin Austin and uh, George Pickens Pickens, fall out this season. Uh, And he says, another great show. Thanks for all you guys do uh, with a couple of thumbs up. We appreciate that. Steel Slim, always appreciate it. So what do you think, man? Do you think uh, I think Chase Claypool's got a uh, got a going to have some something to prove with a chip on his shoulder this year? Uh, What do you think? Man, I, I kind of see it the same way. And this is if, if he's a competitor like we think he is, he'll see what Deontay got as far as getting paid because that was brought up and say, well, I got to get some of that, too. You know, like mm. that's 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 the beauty of what the NFL is also is, look, if you do what you're supposed to do and you're that type of guy, you're going to get your just do as far as the pay goes. Uh, if for anything, like you said, the guys behind them. You know what? What makes a, a person better for the most part? It's competition. It's knowing that honestly, you're not safe. Coach, Coach Tomlin kind of does that a little bit with guys is he's always going to bring in talent. He's always going to bring in somebody that you got to turn your eye to two or three times to say, hey, look, if I don't stay right, then I'll be out. And, and that's mm-hmm. what's kind of happened a little bit. We spoke about this again last week when, you know, he, he kind of sets that pressure on you. Although you don't have to look over your shoulder. He's going to tell you exactly who you are, and what you are to the team. But, you know, competition when you see it. You know, a lot of people have been talking about uh, George Pickens. Now, let's be honest. If George Pickens is on this team and he's actually playing well as a rookie and, and Chase does that Minnesota thing, what is the fan base going to be asking for? They're going to be asking for the other guy. Yes, sir. They're yes, going to say we want a ball player that, that's just going to play ball. And and that's something that he's going to have to fight off, too, is the public perception of things. Like, to me, Chase Claypool's in a, in, in a situation where – you have a first round quarterback drafted behind the starter. Like that's this situation mm. is, you know, eventually you better Aaron Rodgers this situation, or are you going to turn into a, 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 a quarterback? I mean, a wide receiver and waiting to get out. Like those are the situations. That's, that's the circumstance in which he's presented with right now is we can find your replacement. He's right behind you. Yeah. And if you don't compete the way we need you to, it's easier to just franchise tag you and let you be a free agent the next year. So if you're the st- if you're sitting in uh, Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin's seat, yeah, and Chase Claypool balls out this year, yeah, George Pickens balls out this year, yeah, what do you do? I gotta sign Chase, and you want to know why? Because George is still cheap. Because you're still really cheap at quarterback too. That's yeah. the ter- that's the determining fact on keeping talent. Having a cheaper starting quarterback or a rookie, those are the teams that can sell out and go get a lot of talent. Look what Cincinnati did. Yeah. Look what yeah. what look what uh, Baltimore has tried to do. When did did Kansas City win the Super Bowl? When Patrick Mahomes was on a rookie deal. Yeah. You got to sign Chase just to keep the quarterback comfortable and in a good vibe as far as his play on the field. That's the beauty of it, too. And Deontay comes up again in two years. So you can decide if George Pickens is going to be his replacement or not. Or Calvin Austin is going to play a bigger role in the offenses. One thing the Steelers do, and they've done it well for decades now is they scout and find the right talent that fits that team. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And just looking at what they have right now on offense, Yeah, I mean, they can go five wide with all wide receivers. <sighs> they could put Fryermuth and Najee out there with the other three receivers. They have so many different things that they could do. Yeah. It really, like, all these quarterbacks have to do is just don't mess up. Fine. Just who's don't the one? mess up. Yeah, just find one of them. <laughs> who's the one for the day, man? And that's why I'm... I'm, I'm 
you know, I'm being humble about our approach this year to the season mm. because we are without Ben. We can acknowledge that. OK, yeah. but if any other franchise quarterback in the league had these weapons, they'd be salivating. Yes, they would. OK, and that's why a lot of people picking the Steelers to go fourth, third. I, I actually have an open bet with somebody say they can finish second <laughs> in the AFC North. And I'm going to hold by that one just simply because I know the outfit of this team, despite the quarterback. I just I, I can't. And I know I sound like I'm repeating DK, but I can't yeah. see the offensive line can't be worse than it was last year. Right. I, I just I don't see that. No. And if they get average quarterback play yeah. with slightly better offensive line play with yeah. that defense, I don't see how they don't win 10 games. I, Eddie, I don't. Uh, I don't. But call me a homer, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So I was going to tell you, we got to stop, man. We're too much homerisms, <laughs> man. Somebody might try to call us out for it. Don't go to that homer site. Oh, yeah. Nah. Let's be cool. Hey, we'll but, see, man. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I I, truly feel that way about it. If I figured we was going to be trash, I'd say that. But right. uh, this could be a very interesting year. Considering also they're not playing the first place schedule as far as AFC teams go. Yeah, that's one thing that Cincinnati did last year that mm. they won't have the luxury of doing this year. You got to see every division's number one team and how will they stack up this year? Yep. I'll just and, lay that out there for conversation. And an underrated part about this season too: a lot of less travel this season. Yep. A lot less travel, and that yep. helps. That helps with the recovery. That helps with a lot. I know you know that. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Moan, it's been fun. Uh, this yes. is one day down, four to go for me. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the people in the comments section will love it. <laughs> uh, it's been fun, buddy. Uh, we'll get back here on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. and we'll talk about what I saw up at camp today. No um, doubt. But for Ramon Foster, for DK Pittsburgh Sports, for DK over in Serbia, I'm Eddie Providence. Thank you for tuning in to the Ramon Foster Show. We will see you on Tuesday.